Market Scale is coming at you from Amsterdam, covering Integrated Systems Europe, the world's largest exhibition for AV and systems integration professionals. Dark Envy, or as we say in English, here we go. Hello everyone, we're overseas at ISE. This is Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Wow, we did some Dr. Seuss rhyming there. I hope y'all are enjoying your time at ISE. I'm definitely jealous that I'm not there. I feel like I've expressed that over and over. I mean, Amsterdam, what a gorgeous city. Uh, the culture there, the open space, the emphasis on bicycles. I mean, I'm a big bicycle guy, so that's something I'm missing out on too. But hey, I hope everyone is soaking it in because ISE only comes around once a year. And it's crazy that the week is already flying by with vigor, but market scale has been posted up at ISE all week, gathering content and getting y'all some of the coolest stuff in AV this year. I hope you've been following along with MarketScale Pro AV and our ISE content. Tyler Kern, our B2B media producer, is on the ground stalking out the best the show has to offer. He's going booth to booth, doing interviews, doing videos, having some fun, eating some Dutch cakes, drinking some Heineken. He's doing the whole thing, and it seems like he's having a great time, but even more importantly, seems like he's meeting some really, really interesting people. And we'll get to hear from four more amazing thought leaders on today's episode of Overseas at ISE. If you missed our day one content, you should check that out on marketscale.com slash industries slash proAV. We brought in our in-house audio expert to the podcast to look at the advances in audio networks at ISE 2019. And Tyler, while at ISE, nabbed some on-the-floor thought leadership from companies like LG, Sonance, Williams AV, and D-Tools, to name a few. So that's linked in the description of this post if you're listening on an app. Like I said, you can find that on MarketScale ProAV. That's at marketscale.com slash industries slash ProAV. Before we get to our content from Tyler on the floor, let's get a little recap of some of the neatest events at Day 1 ISE, or at least the ones that I was following along with. And the big one that stood out to me was the diversity panel that Avixa's Diversity Council put on. It was hosted by Sanj Sarati of Tiger Heart, Denise Nemchev of TV1, and Amanda Boyer of Avixa. And I feel like conversations like these are so crucial, and I'm I'm glad that there was an entire panel on the discussion of inclusivity in the AV industry. It's something we've actually explored on our podcast before. I've spoken to Jennifer Willard and other higher-ups at WAVE, which is Women in AV, and a lot of those conversations often revolve around, you know, the AV industry, even just several years ago, was struggling to totally represent its workforce. Um, you know, there were many women already working in AV and have been working in AV for decades, but when you look at Infocom even just 10 years ago, right, you still had a big push for the booth babes, right? And there were whole slideshows dedicated to the best booth babes. And, um, you know, it's it's a cultural thing that was just come to expect at trade shows like that. But over the last several years, we've seen that trend break up. Um, we're starting to see booth dudes now, right? And, I mean, that seems like a pretty superficial kind of solution to a larger problem. But I think it's that mentality. Everyone's a little more aware of, okay, we need to be more inclusive. We need to be more diverse with with how we represent our workforce and in how we advertise our positions, right? I mean, finding ways to get 
everyone interested in joining AV. And I mean, that's a separate issue, right? There have been issues with staffing now that the core of the AV industry is reaching retirement or is about to retire. Um, We're struggling to find people that want to join the AV industry. And I think that just has to go with how are people marketing their companies And I think a solid way to avoid issues like that is to promote diversity within your company or within the industry. So interesting conversation. I'm looking forward to hearing a little bit more about what was talked about. I'll try to reach out to those people and get them on a podcast because I feel like our audience definitely deserves some of that great thought leadership. And on the tech side of things, I'd say the biggest one that stood out to me was Samsung's QLED 8K signage, aptly named The Wall 2019. It's a pretty imposing piece of technology, but in the best way possible. And it's really not just about tight pixel pitch or uh, better lighting, even though that is part of the offering. I think what's so cool about this 8K signage is that Samsung is using high-res AI to upscale images to 8K, which means that business owners that are looking to bring beautiful video walls to their space, to their outdoor digital signage, they can continue to produce content at a lower cost and quality, but it can be displayed in immersive high quality ways. And all of this while still staying super slim, it's only 40 millimeters deep. Super cool product. You should definitely check it out if you're at ISE. Send me some pictures. I'm definitely dying to get a better look. All right, everyone. So let's jump into our on-the-floor show content with Mr. Tyler Kern. He got four different interviews on the floor, and that's just a taste of what's to come with our other ISE content. He spoke to Dave Howden, Director of Technical Services for Community Professional Loudspeakers, about the three categories of speakers that they're featuring at ISE this year and how they're best going to be used in the market. Excited to hear from Community Pro. They are always giving some solid thought leadership. We also heard from Kevin Bateman. He's Technical Support Manager at Hitachi Digital Media. And Tyler spoke to him about a partnership between Hitachi and Maxel, where they created really one of the coolest booths that Tyler's seen so far. It was was a bowling alley where you rolled a real ball down a real alley, but then it disappeared behind a screen to virtual pins. So it really was this cross reality experience. Tyler had Kevin dissect some of the tech behind that, and he also posted a great video on it on his Instagram. You should check that out at Tyler underscore market scale. Tyler also spoke to Luke Williams. He is the technical innovation specialist at Crucial FX. Also discussing a partnership, but this time between Crucial FX and Epson, which gave a glimpse into the world of 3D projection. And Williams explained some of the tech behind the interactive Epson Vortex, explained its capabilities and why it's a -a one-of-a-kind experience. And finally, we got to hear from Michael Grisevsky. He's a sales manager at VeloMotion. And VeloMotion had a really fun booth with an interactive trampoline at ISE. And there's a sensor on the wall that tracks the movements of the trampoline and allows users to play a game that's projected onto the wall while they jump, which is also on our market scale Instagram. You should check that out. And Michael on the podcast explains how it all works and why it's really representative of a larger push for the AV industry to get behind motivating people to get up off their butts and exercise a little, right? Especially kids, getting them off the couch and getting them active with some cool interactive technology. They're also a Finnish company, so Tyler tried to ask them something in Finnish. Turns out Michael is German, so he he tried his best. All right, let's go ahead and jump in. We'll start with Dave Howden from Community Pro Speakers. Here's Tyler Kern with all the great content from ISE. 
I'm here with Dave Howden, the Director of Technical Services for Community Professional Loudspeaker. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. It's day two of ISC 2019 and we're excited to be here and excited to uh, greet everybody here at our booth. How was uh, day one for you guys? Really busy over here, right? Yeah, day, day one was really excellent. Uh, we're very happy to see so many of our worldwide customers and uh, tell them about all the exciting new products that uh, community's bringing to market. Absolutely. So when I look around at your booth, it looks like it's divided into three sections, right? Engineered, distributed, and then outdoor. And so let's kind of walk through each of those. Let's start off with engineered. Tell me a little bit about the products that you have here for the engineered ser series. Okay, we'll, we'll start over here on this side. Uh, we're showing our E-Series, uh, which is our Entesis series. Uh, we're, we're showing four of the five products uh, within this category here. The, the taller product is our Entesis FR system, which is a true line source passive columnar array system. Uh, typically used in highly reverberant environments where you need high intelligibility over long projection distances. We're also showing uh, three of our Entesis 200 series, our Entesis 212, 206, and 203. And these behave more like a point source device, but they are in a columnar format, which architecturally may blend in better with an environment, perhaps on the side of a video monitor, or just somewhere where you need a speaker and you don't want it to look as much like a box speaker system. That makes a lot of sense. So when you say high reverberate uh, kind of area, what do you mean by that? What's an example of a place like that? Oh, a really good example of that would be uh, you know, a worship space, you know, especially maybe an older worship space where it's perhaps, you know, perhaps 50, 60 meters, you know, up to 100 meters in depth. And trying to achieve intelligibility in those spaces is a particular challenge for loudspeaker systems. But we have a fantastic solution uh, with the Entesis FR series. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. That's, that's a good way of putting it because some of those churches can really be uh, wonderful for acoustics if it's just voices or something like that. But when you start adding in microphones and things like that stuff starts reverberating all over the place and can be a little bit of a mess. Yeah, yeah. the choir sounds great, the organ sounds great. Boy, a lot of these places, if you want good intelligible speech, you know, the E-Series is certainly you know, one of the choices that you want to have at the top of your list. Absolutely. So let's move this way a little bit and talk about the distributed loudspeaker system. Uh, tell me a little bit about this and where, what's its primary use? This, this, this part of our uh, you know, engineered series, this is our V2 series, and we're showing some of the smaller, the smaller systems uh, here in our, our V228 and our V28 systems. These are available in uh, 100 volt or low impedance uh, versions, and they're used as typical day-to-day -day systems. Could be anything from uh, learning spaces to retail environments, uh, you name it, just general day-to-day -day speakers where you need something from compact all the way up up to uh, products much larger and much more capable for music reproduction, such as these. So tell me a little bit about this uh, one up here that looks a little bit like a hanging light. Is that used primarily in restaurants or something along those lines to not necessarily break up the ambiance, but also still have flexibility and capabilities as a speaker? Absolutely is. Our, uh, you know, This is our DP6. It's part of our uh, distributed design series. And it would be used you know, in an environment where perhaps you have limited hanging options and you just need to hang a speaker and perhaps you know drop it down. Maybe it's dropping down, you know, two or three meters, you know, in a in a restaurant environment or any sort of environment uh, where you really it would be advantageous to get the speakers closer to the listener, but not have a highly obtrusive you know cord hanging down. You have very low profile hanging system that's extremely versatile. 
I like that. I like that a lot. I like the look of it. It's really uh, a sleek design and, and looks really nice. Uh, are we ready to move on and talk about outdoor loudspeaker systems? Because I'm a sports guy. I love to go to games, but sometimes uh, finding the right kind of speaker system can be difficult. So explain a little bit about the outdoor loudspeaker systems and what makes them unique. So we're, show- we're showing here uh, a selection of our i-series or our IC6 uh, WR series. These are a fully outdoor capable compact speaker system that may be used uh, uh, for a main system and smaller applications but are typically used as systems to uh, augment the coverage from our larger i-series WR systems. Available from a, a very compact six-inch two-way, you know, up to uh, a very wide and consistent coverage, up to a very, very wide uh, coverage uh, uh, two-way system with dual eight-inch drivers. That's impressive. That's really great. So you would typically use these in a stadium-type setting, something like that, or maybe even out at a at a park or yeah. something. Yeah, the, these are equally at home, whether it be in a sports stadium environment, uh, in any sort of a themed entertainment environment, all the way up to very extreme environments such as a cruise ship. Uh, they're using our exclusive polyglass material uh, for their construction, which has uh, almost no shrinkage due to thermal uh, thermal uh, changes, and uh, humidity is just not a problem with these, nor, nor the uh, very extreme environments of, say, an ocean-going uh, type venue. Right. So did, were, is it possible that in the past these have been built using wood enclosures and that created problems over time? Yeah, we did. You know, we do have an example here of a, you know, a marine grade plywood, which was really the standard for years for people to construct these speakers out of. And then they would wrap them in fiberglass, um, you know, spray, spray fiberglass on. Well, community, we really did pioneer the use of fiberglass, you know, within the industry for loudspeaker construction. And this polyglass is really the next step in the evolution of outdoor speakers. Uh, we found this material, and it makes it fast for us, faster for us to manufacture the systems and still gives us the same great durability uh, that hand-laid fiberglass did. Some awesome stuff. Thank you so much for taking some time to, uh, to talk to us today here on the uh, MarketScale Pro AV podcast. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a great rest of the show, Mike. Thanks. All right, I'm here with Kevin Bateman. You are here with a uh, partnership between Maxell and Hitachi, is that right? Yes, yes. And Kevin, what's your official title here? I am the uh, technical manager, so I've been in charge to set up the stand, all the preparation, which started in the autumn for ISE. It's taken a lot of hard work, but I think I'm really pleased with it. This is one of the most incredible stands that I've seen so far at ISE, so congratulations. Behind us, there is a bowling alley, basically, that combines a number of projectors along with uh, physical, actual balls and a, a, and a lane. Can you tell me, how many projectors does it take to actually achieve what you have behind us? So basically, the uh, big picture above is, is two projectors that are blended to make one big screen. The picture below is one projector, which is, shows the result of the bowling pin. And we also have two projectors pointing down on the bowling lane to give some graphics and some nice effects when people are bowling. It's pretty incredible. Now, how, do you, how does it work to have a ball that actually rolls down a lane and then registers something digitally, like what you have on the screen? Because the ball doesn't, ball doesn't hit actual pins, for those listening on the podcast. It just rolls and then ends up kind of behind the screen, and then it, it shows what happens on the screen. So how does that happen? Yeah. So there's a bank of infrared sensors just above where the ball will land so the sensors are broken and when the ball goes through and 
breaks that sensor, it's linked up to some software, and so it can tell where the ball is, so then it replicates that on the screen. So do you see this being used maybe in the future in an entertainment type venue where people can come and have kind of a personalized, one-of-a-kind experience like this? I think so. I think so. It saves the physical action of the ball, you know, and sometimes there can be mistakes that way. This is software driven, so it's like all encompassing. So if you get a nice, reliable system, it could be something good in the future and it could be set up quite easily and quickly. Yeah, this is really incredible. A fantastic booth and, uh, and a job well done. Thanks a lot. Take care. Thank you so much, Kevin. So we're standing here in a little bit darker portion of the hall because we're talking to Luke Williams from Crucial FX, and they have a partnership here with Epson, and behind us is the Vortex. Luke, can you explain a little bit about what we're looking at here behind us? Sure. So uh, what you're looking at is a 3D projection onto a cylinder Vortex. There is more and more, each year there's more and more a demand for interactive immersive experiences. And uh, together with Epson, we're able to showcase a great example of how we can provide that. That's really incredible. So how many projectors does it take to project onto the Vortex? What's going on here on the outside? Yeah, so we're using 16 EBL1755U projectors, giving us a total brightness of 240,000 ANSI lumens. So once you're in there, as you can imagine, it's very impactful, really punchy colors. Um, so yeah, it's brilliant. And the ability to rig the projectors um, with just one person because they're so lightweight allows us to uh, mount them at any angle, 360 degrees. It's really incredible. Now when you walk through, it's totally interactive and it changes the display on the outside when somebody walks through in the middle. How are you able to accomplish that? What technology are you using? Uh, so I won't reveal all our secrets, but I will let you know that we're using a combination of D3, Notch and Ventus um, in order to track the positional data of the guests that are inside the Vortex. And yeah, as you said, um, the content on the outside is um, manipulated by the visitors which are inside the Vortex. It feels like 3D projection is something that's starting to take off and get really exciting. Are you excited about the, the future of this industry? Uh, yeah, I feel that 3D projection has been around for a short while now, but um, experiences like this where you're able to interact and change the environment around you, that's really exciting and um, you know, hopefully we can be at the forefront of that. Yeah, because one of the kind of some of the buzzwords that you hear when you come to something like this is experience and personalization and that sort of thing. And this really allows both of those things to happen in a way that you don't see very often. Is it's a one of a kind experience for everybody? Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what brands crave. They want they want their uh, visitors and their their customers to to engage with the with the brand and make it feel like it's like it's their own. So, you know. Um, it, when you visit something like this, you feel like that you're part of it as opposed to uh, just a spectator. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a pretty one-of-a-kind experience, and I've walked through it a couple of times now, so great job. It's a lot of fun. Cool. Well, glad you enjoyed it, and everyone seems to uh, feel the same, so mission successful, I guess. I would say so. Hey, thank you so much, Luke. I appreciate it. No worries. Thank you for the uh, interview. Thank you. My name is Michael. I'm from Valamotion. We are a Finnish company. Uh, we spent years of research in uh, Alto University in Helsinki on developing ways to get children moving again. 
So we started with a climbing wall, now we are here with a trampoline. So basically we're developing sportainment solutions, where we turn trampolines, climbing walls, etc. into digital playgrounds. So you get kids up and moving off the couch and onto a trampoline. How does it work? So behind us right here, there's a trampoline, and then above us there are projectors. How do you have the two interacting with one another? How does it work? Yeah, very good question. So I'm not sure if you can see it, but in the middle of the wall, there is the camera which is uh, basically tracking your body. So we developed, over the years, we developed one of the world's most robust, fastest, and most precise body tracking technology. So, and the cool part about it is when you, the moment you enter the trampoline, as you can see there, you don't turn into any random avatar, you actually transported yourself into the game. So we often get the feedback from uh, children, especially playing, that like, wow, it's like I'm my own superhero in the game. So pretty much the camera's tracking you, the algorithms on the computer do the rest, and then uh, you project it onto the, onto the uh, playing area. That's really incredible. So do you think that this could go into uh, a play center or something like that for children, or could it even be used in a school? Yeah, pretty much everything that has to do with entertainment and with movement. So obviously our main target group is something like trampoline centers, climbing halls, family entertainment centers, etc. But we do have schools, we have hotels in the hospitality industry. Uh, we do work with as well like um, all kind of industries where pretty much movement is a topic. It's really, really great. And how, uh, how have you seen things grow and, and improve as technology has improved, as tracking technology has improved? Has that made what you do a little bit more possible? Yeah, it's, uh, it's incredible how technologies, how projection, how everything improves uh, from year to year. So um, pretty much the camera's getting more precise, the algorithm getting more precise. So it gives us much more possibilities to develop games which wouldn't have been possible still a year ago or two years ago. So we're super excited and thrilled to be here as well and to see what we can bring on that's next. That's really exciting. How have you enjoyed Amsterdam so far? How many years have you been coming to ISE? Is this the first year? It's our second year. Last year we've been here with our climbing wall. Uh, ISE fantastic. We really, really enjoy it. We can recommend for everybody to come. And we're here with our partner Optima. So they were kind enough to uh, let us uh, use the stand to do it. And we love Amsterdam. That's really great. What's your favorite thing to do in Amsterdam? Uh, to be honest, the different kitchens and the culinary experiences. Uh, because of the, of the, there's pretty much everything. Yesterday we've been in a Caribbean restaurant. We don't have that in Helsinki, so awesome. That's really great. What's, is the weather similar in Finland or different than what you've experienced so far in Amsterdam? Is it a little colder in Finland? At the moment, yeah, yeah. We, we just had recently a lot of snow. So uh, we, we have winter wonderland in Finland at the moment all over the place. And uh, here it's just pretty much raining so far. So fingers crossed. I prefer snow to rain. So how would you say uh, Valo Jump is the best in uh, Finnish? Uh, Valo Jump on Parempi. Valo Jump on Parempi. Close? Close enough. Very good. I'll try it again for next time. Thank you so much, Michael. I appreciate it. Cheers. You know, I got to give Tyler props for pulling all that content together after being totally jet lagged from flying to first Canada, then having an eight hour layover, then flying to Amsterdam. The guy has been powering through and he's been killing it. So got to give Tyler Kern a shout out for all that great content he's been pulling from LG to Community Pro Speakers. 
But I hope you've noticed it hasn't all just been thought leadership. Tyler's also trying to have some fun. I mean, yeah, right. How dare he have some fun while in Amsterdam and at ISE, right? Um, but yeah, he's gotten to interview several people just attending the show, getting a feel for what they're excited about, their story, you know, what brings people from all across the world to attend ISE in Amsterdam. We've got some video content to go along with that coming soon, but till then I'll give you a little teaser. Here's a small conversation that Tyler had with Omer. Omer is from Israel and he's on a cross-continental tour with one stop in Amsterdam just checking out ISE. I am here with Omer and he is from Israel. How long did it take you to get here? Um, around four or six hours. Four or six hours, that's quite a long time. But uh, how was the trip? The trip was actually quite good. We uh, had a connection for Turkey and uh, it was quite good. Now, is this your first time in Amsterdam? Yes. But it won't be your last time in Amsterdam, right? No. I'm uh, actually coming back in two months uh, for a cycle tour from here to the Far East. How Far East? Uh, far. The most far it gets. <laughs> so you're going from the Netherlands, and where are you going to end up? At the end, uh, it, I'm going to finish in India, and uh, going through Europe, and then... Uh, uh, Russia and Kazakhstan and uh, China, Laos, Thailand and... Uh, this is gonna take quite a while. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, between one and a half to two to maybe more years. What do you hope to do along the way? I hope to meet a lot of people from different cultures and uh, also to see the many views and the ground, how it works, how it changes throughout the world see different foods yeah you want to try food with people like along the way like try some new stuff yeah actually food is uh, something I like very much and uh, cooking as well and I would like to cook with people to go to people's houses and cook with them their local dishes see how they cook what ingredients they use, what are the local ingredients how do you make food there and uh, how in the big picture, how does food making is transformed throughout the world? So you are going to create a YouTube channel for this, correct? Where can people follow along with your journey? Um, I, I will be on YouTube and uh, on Facebook. Uh, you can search for me, Omer Miller, and uh, I'll, I'll be there. All right, and you're looking to kind of partner with some companies along the way, is that right? Yes. Uh, if I could find a company that uh, would be able to collaborate with me, uh, this would be very great because I hope this journey would not be my own uh, entirely. It would be shared with many other people and uh, help them, uh, inspire them to go out and follow their dreams as well because uh, this is what inspires us in life. Absolutely. How do you say, I love to ride my bicycle in Hebrew? Well, slow down. Ani ohev lerkav al haofanaim. I'm never going to get it. But hey, good luck, man. All right, y'all. Going to have to wrap up today's episode of Overseas at ISE. Tyler's got plenty more content on the way, so don't fret. This isn't it. We've got more content coming out today, and then Wednesday, too, another set of podcasts, so keep an eye out for it. 
We're definitely pushing out some solid video content too. We'll have a video called Dutch Ones out soon, which is a conversation over some delicious Dutch pancakes with Allison Maxson of Absin, getting her take on what to expect and what she's most excited about at ISE. We also hosted a fun run this morning with our own Brandon Fluger, another market scale business development manager attending the ISE 2019 show because who doesn't want to stay active in such a gorgeous city while checking out the best in AV technology? You'll be hearing more about that too. To follow along with all of our content, head to MarketScale Pro AV. And if you want to check out other podcasts or listen to some of our other content from different industries, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and videos. And make sure to leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.